When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello guys and welcome back to Oh What A Night, your weekly dose of Tottenham goodness in your life. You might not want it, but you need it. (laughs) We all need it. It's therapy at this point and... um, you know, with the coronavirus, you know, podcasts are basically the only way we'll get to interact for the next six months. So, settle in, get a cup of tea. I'm joined here by Sean. Hello. Welcome back, Sean. You're, you're now becoming a, a solid a solid investment for the pod, I'd say. You you missed a good chance there to say a Dr. Tottenham pun, but... <laughs> Fill it in. We've got... <laughs> the comeback kid, the Harry Kane, out for, out for six months, but he's back. It's Jude. Yeah, I got yeah. dodgy ankle as well. To be fair, you got dod- yeah dodgy ankles. Roll, roll on that ankle, that left ankle, just every single week. Um, so yeah, I stumbled into work. Wash my hands, of course. As yes, I thank you. <laughs> Very important. We have invested in plenty of hand sanitizer as well. So you know, I got new wipes on my desk today as well. That was yeah, really great. that was really great. Yeah, thanks, Slim, not promising. Even. Thanks, not even. You're really not. Spare no expense is what they say. Um, <laughs> Right, today, guys, obviously we start the pod with a oh what a night and today's game is the uh, League Cup final from 2015. So not that long ago, you shouldn't really struggle <laughs> with this team. But I have to say... <laughs> You're really keeping us in the misery well here, aren't you? No, 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 no. <laughs> we lost the game, sure, but we haven't been in that many finals, so you're slim pickings <laughs> in terms of finals. I wanted to keep it finals. Um, the game was Chelsea 2, Spurs 0. Do you remember the game? Unfortunately, mm. yes. Yeah. Two very silly goals that we conceded from what I remember. Mm. One was like deflected about five million times and the yeah. other was the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> basically, yeah, Terry and then Costa, incredibly avoidable, uh, just very... I want to say Spursy, but mm. it's, this, ling- it's lingering on the tongue. This was annoyingly prime Mourinho because he learnt his lessons from when we beat them 5-3 on New Year's Day. Absolutely. And he, I think he stuck Zuma in midfield so that it just wouldn't happen again. Yeah. And he, we, he did do that with what, Ramirez. Oh, what yeah. horrible midfield. Yeah, exactly. Oh, um, right, OK, so we'll start with the, the Spurs back line. We'll start with you, Jude. Who, who's in goal for Tottenham? Uh, it's got to be Lloris in goal, surely. Hugo, yes. Um, then... RB. Uh, Walker. Yep. Right. Um, CB. The Tongan. Yep. Who do we have at centre back around then? I can't even remember. My mind's like rattling through Chiriches and Kabul and people <laughs> like that. And none of them are good. <laughs> none of them are good, no. that's true. 
Um, did Eric Dyer play centre back? Eric Dyer played centre back. Yeah. yeah. Um, then Danny Rose. Danny Rose left back um, into the central midfielders. Two central midfielders. Dembele. No. 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 Over to you, Sean. It must have been um, that wonderful, wonderful, yet awful midfield pivot that season of Ryan Mason and the Bill Bentaleb. It was indeed the oh. Bentaleb Mason madness. <laughs> How was that Tottenham centre and pairing? A young Ryan Mason at 25. <laughs> <laughs> the Jesse Lingard effect. <laughs> young Ryan Mason. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. And then so right, right wing, left wing. I believe. Townsend started because I was annoyed that Lamella didn't get the nod. Absolutely, yeah. Um, Andros. Ericsson at the 10. Ericsson in the 10. Chadley left. Chadley left. And Kane up top. Harry Kane up top. Bang on. Well done, lads. Didn't struggle with that. Woo! I mean, oh, we lost. That was, you know, it's another <laughs> no final. forward four, eh? <laughs> <laughs> it's a very odd <laughs> We'd had such joy with that front four before, though, hadn't we? And then. That's the Chadley was really good that year. Or he was alright. It was his best year in, yeah. in a Spurs shirt, I'd his say. His best year in his career, surely. Well, I don't know, mate. Left wing back at a, <laughs> <laughs> at a World Cup finals. Um, <laughs> um, right, we've got a lot of football to talk about uh, today. Obviously, we had uh, the FA Cup defeat against Norwich to go over, um, the draw of Burnley uh, at the weekend, and then we'll be looking forward to Leipzig to, <laughs> tomorrow night. Yeah, tomorrow, oh, yeah, yeah. tomorrow night, tomorrow. sorry. So let's let's go back. Let's take us back to last week, and and we'll get you to pick a card, Sean, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and then we will just start and we'll go through it all from from the two games that have happened. Okay. Oh, I really don't want to do this. Oh. It's good for a pod here and there. <laughs> Please be the ugly. Yes, the ugly. Okay, yeah. Starts with the ugly. Yes, the ugly. Oh God, do you know what the ugly I thought was, and this is going to sound. Really bad for what I do mm. and my love of this game and love of the club. But I was so busy on the Saturday, particularly in the morning, I had to get up early. Mm. And it got round to the end of the three o'clock games. And I, I remembered that Spurs were playing against Burnley. Mm. And I was so tired and I was really like... I saw, I saw the live as well. The five <laughs> centre-backs away at Burnley. And I was like, I have stuff to do tonight. <laughs> I'm really tired. Yeah, yeah. I'm going for a nap, and I'm setting my alarm for when this game finishes. Wow! And oh, that, that is what I did. It's a damning indictment. Sure, you never want to. I, <laughs> you never want to sleep over watching yeah. your team. Look, yeah. <laughs> Look, people. People can say and think I'm not a real fan or anything like that. I don't care. Mm. I am just past <laughs> caring at this point. I can't. You can't fake feeling an affection for something that you don't have. Yeah, no. I think that is. I think that is the point. Yeah. Whether that's about my assessment of football or the club or what's happening, that's where it. Not that's enjoyable. Where it yeah, it's just not fun anymore. It's not. And, it's not and even close to being fun. Does it, do you think that comes from uh, the FA Cup loss in the week or from just a few months of of underachievement? The, call it? the FA Cup definitely didn't help. It wasn't. It wasn't it, great, was it? It was. It was a little bit ugly. Oh, it was bad. Um, it was, a was, bit ugly. It was really annoying because we started well in that game. We could yeah. have had two or three, and then we come out half time, and we just sit back, mm. and there's no plan to go forward. He makes a couple of changes, and he says afterwards it was because players were kind of in the red zone, and he had to protect them. Yeah. And then Parrot comes on, and I think I was saying to you guys earlier that because everyone else was so tired and, but we were pushing for a goal 
there was a lack of system and everyone was kind of clogging up the space to power it and Absolutely. that's maybe why it wasn't so good but then to lose on pens and after all this talk about how oh even if Spurs are bad they could still win the FA Cup because it's Mourinho that's it's, gone it's just gone yeah. Yeah. The, the season is nearly over barring a miracle in Leipzig do we have Gedson and Winks at fullback uh, I don't, I, towards the end of that game uh, again, oh, I mean I, I left before penalties because <laughs> I was booked in to play snooker and I didn't want to watch it anymore <laughs> I mean this is quite damning that the, the Spurs diehard fans are, are avoiding games and leaving games because well and it, uh, as a as, you know I'm, I'm not saying you guys are wrong I'm just saying you know it when that when it went to penalty shootout I don't think there was a Spurs fan in the stadium or out of it that thought we were going to win that like just in terms of what we've been shown over the last few years of the sort of mentality of the squad and the you know the depth of character of the squad, and it has been questioned time and time again, and on occasion it's answered, but too often do we find ourselves in this sort of situation where it goes to penalties. It's fifty-fifty, and yet no one in the stadium. You saw Twitter was just full of people going, "Well, that's over." Yeah. Get, yeah, <laughs> good, <laughs> good effort. You know, nice to see it. Um, Jude, where, where do you think we went wrong on, on against Norwich then? Um, yeah, well, I mean, we were sitting back, weren't we? It got off to a really lovely start mm. because if there was one player you'd want to to like pop up with a goal um, at the moment, it probably would be Jan Vertonghen mm. just because of um, the way he reacted against Southampton. He was obviously a bit down in the dumps. Yeah. And you're sort of thinking when he puts that in, oh, this might be a really nice night. Yeah. <laughs> it started off I don't know, I agree. I yeah. just felt like, oh, could, this could be all right. Yeah, it was it? like a really nice feel-good moment. Mm. It obviously meant a lot to him. Um, and to the fans, right? You could see the fans yeah. sort of responded to him. But I don't know why they didn't go for the kill. Mm. Um, I can't. I really can't remember if we bossed possession in that game. Not, in like not the first, really Not particularly. Not, no. not after half time. Um, but Norwich aren't a particularly strict team at the back. no. Like yeah, Tim Krull might have made a few good saves. They made um, two good saves. Arguably, though, you've got to finish those chances, right? Yeah, like, there was one with, I remember, Lucas Mora, who nicked the ball really, really well. I think it was still 1-0 at the time. Mm. And he just squares it, and it's 2-0, and that's probably it done. I mean, you can't yeah. linger on these moments a little too much. It's just... But just square it to Delhi. oh my God. Basic decision-making. <laughs> really you can't. Is. You can't... Yeah, like you said, you can't hang on them, but at the same time, just square it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's really simple. Um... Yeah, no, I think I think you're both right. Um, avoidable, really avoidable, especially the chances we created, which arguably we created the most chances we had in a long time. We should have had the game dead and buried before even 90 minutes. And the fact that it took them equalising for us to realise that they were out on their legs. I mean, that last 10, 12 minutes was us just battering. Mm. I don't think I've seen us batter a team like that in over a year, definitely, mm. where it's back backs against the wall and it's just balls into the area constantly. But I just never felt like I never felt like we were going to get it over the line at that point. If, if you know what I mean, like we, we had run out of our own options. There wasn't a belief that what we're doing was the right thing. I, I think the players got to that point. Well, there was a few really weird decisions by players in the final third yeah. towards the end of the ninety minutes and an extra time. And would help. you would you call the dire incident ugly, or would you call it uh, a moment of human human nature? I think it's. <laughs> I kind of think it's fair if he's, if he's heard something it's fair enough to go out and try and call someone out on it yeah I, I it's hard to know if you do the same thing in the same situation or whether you just mm. put your head down we don't, don't we know don't know, know do we? I mean I mean obviously grappling with 
I don't know if he was grappling with fans, yeah. or but there was a lot of shirt time going on from some people up there. So that's not nice to hear. But it's just it just shows that the whole club's a bit broken, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that's I'd that say that, that's more the ugly thing for me is that not him going into the crowd, not him, not him grappling with a fan. Although it's not it's not you don't want to see it. It's a moment of humanism for, in in terms of him. It's just a yeah, a moment of I I feel like I have to defend my brother. We can all understand mm, yeah. that, right? Um, it just is what the sort of incident that seemed to be happening at. Uh, a certain northern neighbour mm. recently, and now we're seeing it sort of. I mean, you saw it at West Ham, yeah, France, West Ham, yeah, yeah, exactly. And then when they had to bring that. kids Ars- down onto the yeah. bench to get them away from it all. Arsenal, <laughs> Arsenal last season, there was fighting, or season before, fighting within the stands. That's what it sort of feels like to me. And the fact that people can go to football and for 90 minutes feel like they can hurl abuse at the players and get nothing back, that's, that's also. Just you know, a sickness that football has. I think the one thing I noticed, if you're taking the two and a bit hours or so that was in that stadium into account, is that when Vertonghen scored, mm. it was you could see the relief on his face. He was like so happy, it almost like he felt like he'd conquered a kind of demon. Mm. Like it was like, okay, there's still life in me yet. I can still do this. And the, there was a big cheer for his name. And then the fans immediately after started chanting, stand up if you love Tottenham. Not if you hate Arsenal, if you love Tottenham. Yeah. And it really kind of felt a little bit emotional. Mm. But then obviously what transpired over the game led a fan to abusing Eric Dyer's brother so much that Dyer had to take an almost unprecedented step in going to deal with it himself. And I just feel like everyone at the club is on edge all the time. Yeah. We're so susceptible to being at the lowest of lows but then immediately at the highest of highs because we might get one little bit of relief yeah and I just don't think that's a kind of stable way of this club to live especially from what the board like to preach that we're um the minutes came out with the board's meeting with the supporters trust the other day and the board a message from the board was that they are building something that's sustainable in the long term but right now the feeling at the club it it wasn't this it wasn't like a a circus like this under Sherwood. It was, it was what it was, some in some ways worse because we were not as high profile then. Absolutely, yeah. But now it just kind of feels like we've just imploded. I really don't know how we're going to fix it unless we just start winning. But I don't know how we're going to start winning. So there has to be something else. That's the problem, isn't it? Is where the goals come from to win us games at the moment. From open play, we look a bit toothless, and that moves us quite nicely onto Burnley for the ugly. I guess is that first half just felt like I, I tweeted at the time it felt like the Brighton game which I think we can all agree is the worst game we've seen Spurs have in I don't know oh, yeah. in maybe maybe in our whole lifetimes to be honest because of the abject nature of it there was nothing that went right in that game yeah exactly yeah. but that first <laughs> half against Burnley it felt similar in terms of how the players were sort of ap- applying themselves to situations to, just in terms of I mean, we were playing five centre-backs as you said and we were getting outrun and out <laughs> the, how Dwight McNeil ends up with two <laughs> two f- complete free crosses within about three three minutes of each other is, is bizarre so yeah what did you what did you make of Burnley Sean? from watching the highlights yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> I, know you, I know you avoided it um, <laughs> it was I wasn't going into the game expecting much mm. and the chances they created are 
kind of the chances I expect them to create because even if we're, even with the five centre backs, we weren't going to be much good defensively. I've just I've just kind of accepted that the only way we're going to become good defensively is if either or we get to the summer. Mourinho has a lot of time just to work on his methods, or there's a clear out personnel there and we get some guys who can actually defend in. But I'm I'm not holding my breath. And and Jude? Well, there's a strong sense of apathy going into the game, I have to say. Um and I know <laughs> <laughs> I know um Larry sort of made a fumble for the goal and can sort of be held responsible, but it was coming anyway. Yeah. They were always get they were getting that first goal is because they mm. were just like sucking the ball into the net almost. It felt like just Dwight McNeil getting a yard of space every five minutes or so it felt mm. like and then eventually he's a really good cross for the ball um, I wish we had one of those yeah. <laughs> and what, like Chris Wood makes himself a bit of a nuisance yeah, he does. Scores a goal. I do want to say one thing actually because I know a lot of the Mourinho kind of defenders are saying a lot of these goals are down to individual errors and Mourinho can't do mm. a lot about that we're still getting hammered in some of these games Absolutely, yeah. you make your own luck and when it's not about luck sometimes about concentration and that comes from the mood within the camp and that's down to the manager the head coach to control mm. so he's not completely blameless in all this yeah of course look you know like you said there's luck and then there's being battered to the point where someone makes a mistake yeah these aren't sort of one-off chances that you know when Spurs were playing under Martin Yole and, and teams would create one chance and score one goal <laughs> it's yeah. frustrating but you felt like you, that's luck yeah this is it's a 50-50, like whether they score or don't score. Exactly, not, yeah. yeah. So, a different thing. What uh, I just want to ask you quickly, Sean, what did you make of the Ndombele comments from Mourinho? I'm one of Ndombele's biggest fans, but I do think it's getting to a point where he needs to start showing more of his performances. I, I suspect, this is like pure speculation, mm. that something must be wrong with him, either injury-wise or elsewhere in his life to, for him to be performing like this because it just doesn't make any sense mm. but so something has to change I don't think Mourinho was right in going public to do it to just dig him out like that because we have so much kind of a catalogue of evidence over the years that it generally hasn't worked like we did an article on the site today about um, how many different incidents and how many different times has happened for Mourinho over the years I think we the list is about ten in the end. We don't usually oh, do. We don't usually do lists of about ten. Yeah, we used to have like six or seven, but we got a full ten. It could, probably could have been more. So well, I, I can't it, remember which journalist it is, but someone has said that he's up to digging out nearly seven players at Spurs this season now, which, you know, it does work with some some players, and it's certainly Mourinho's um, technique that he's worked on over the years. Jude, would you agree that you don't think Tango is the sort of sort of guy to respond? to um, criticism like that I mean I have no idea I do think he was hung out to dry a little bit mm. by we've mentioned the five centre backs but nothing against Oli Skip but mm. we know Ndombele's not really going to work in a as a in part of a two um, and Oli Skip can obviously get through a lot of work um, still sort of waiting to see what his major um, positive traits are other than being a workhorse whether he can contribute going forward and um, but yeah I mean I do think he was hung out to dry. We know he's not very fit at the moment, um, and he definitely could have done with another body out there to do a bit more of the defensive work. Yeah, but we haven't really got anyone like that. At the moment. No, we don't, and that is an issue that we'll have to address in the summer because, it, yeah, I agree. That, you know, we sort of need to move a couple of players on. We need to, you need 
gets Sissoko playing again, mm. gets you know, gets Sonnen Kane back in again. But bear in mind, Mourinho also said he Don't didn't really view Sissoko as a midfielder. We, we have we have <laughs> our troubles, sure, sure, <laughs> sure. Okay, let's oh, move man. on. Let's go. Let's move on, Jude. If you if you wouldn't mind doing oh, the honors, okay. yes, please. The good. The good. Okay, so. Dude, tell us about the good from the last week. And oh, I tell you what, <laughs> what <laughs> Sean snorts in disgust. Um, I don't know if it's a good. It's sort of an at least. Okay. And, <laughs> We're excited for and this. the at least was that was um, Delhi getting his fiftieth goal for Spurs. Yeah, that was a nice moment. Bit overdue. Feels like it. Could yeah, have, very. Yeah. yeah, very overdue. But you know, he obviously had a really fast start to his Spurs career. Ended up getting like eighteen league goals in his second season. Mm. Yeah. Not going to be able to um, maintain that sort of run, but that was nice. And I was not feeling confident with him stepping up to penalties because I've seen him take a penalty before. It was a good pen. It was, it a, was good a good pen. pen. It was nice it was like and a fun. Pen. Yeah, good bit of power nice on it. it. Yeah, yeah which yeah. is great. Rather yeah. than you know, yeah. I can't remember who against it was before, but he, I remember it was maybe sixteen, seventeen when Kane wasn't playing. And he just sort of ciphered it really tamely and <laughs> it dribbled over the line. Oh, yeah, Southampton. Yeah, Southampton. Yeah, 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 right. Um, I did write a piece on Thursday actually about how. I just think he gets so much kind of flack that a lot of our other players don't get. A lot of players in the Premier League don't get. No, I agree. I and agree with that. Because I think it's so easy for everyone to say who's the most overrated player and they'll always say Delhi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just think he just gets such a bad rap sometimes. Mm. And I, th- I think I've written about it a few times with a lot of players, but it's a genuine thing. Like This all goes back to the start of last season from when we had so many of our key players rush back from the World Cup yeah. because of the quick turnaround with the Premier League and Delhi was really running on empty from the season before um, and everyone else was kind of injured at some point in the season so he had to be played out of position mm-hmm. when he wasn't played out of position he was injured himself it was very rare that he was in his best position and so now coming into this season as well he had another injury again I just think now it's got to a point where he, was, he said it in November he did say it that himself, he, he? he can't move the way that he used to the guy, he was 23 yeah no it's, wor- it's, it's worrying hearing a 23 year old say that he feels like his body's sort of yeah. letting up on him from the, the strain so, so, much so Saturday's goal was his 8th in the league this season that's mm-hmm. equal with Firmino that's more than his position rivals for England in Mount Grealish and Madison mm-hmm. I just think he, he's doing alright for what's going on at the club at the moment we have no one really who's a massive creator to make these chances so and in the last couple of weeks could have had a couple of goals as well. I think at Villa as well he could have had two or three. Yeah. I think it's just I've, I feel for him. Like I Is what, it because he's set a standard in the last yes. few years though? And sure. people have sort of come to know him as that that fox in the box, that sort of yeah. that running off the shoulder and yeah. we haven't seen that much from this yeah. season because he's been asked to play a different role. He's playing several different roles the, now. The problem the problem at the moment I think is because because he's being played out of position. And because he's having to do a lot of running at the top of the pitch to sort of make up for a, a lot of square pegs and round holes, when he does get the ball, he looks a bit, he looks tired, and and you're seeing that in his game. He's his turn is turning over possession quite cheaply, and that is something that Spurs fans have really, especially in the last few weeks, have really started to lose trust in creative players losing the ball. I've just we're, something I've noticed. We're becoming very Arsenal in that regard. And I exactly. don't like it. It's like that thing of well, you should do the safe option because losing the ball is the worst possible thing. But Delhi's game is built around those 
those percentage passes where it's 50, 50 or less, you'd say. Like those through balls, where if it comes off, it's it's he's through on goal, but it might not work every time. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. It's good to see him scoring. I, I I still believe Delhi is one of those players who works better in a team that's functional. He's never going to grab the team by its neck and sort of thrust it forward. He has a really weird skill set that you need exactly. to accommodate. It's, it, and when Spurs are on song, so is Deli Ali. Uh, so that's yeah. always always been the way. Um, and he's so, lost um, like the three players he links up the best with in the space of a, a month or two. Yeah. Like he had such a good relationship with Ericsson that it sort of dipped off towards, um, well, through last season and the season before. But you remember just like crosses being curled into the box and Deli Ali getting on yeah. like, against Chelsea or, well, and the other goal in the semi final, just latching onto the end of an Ericsson ball. And if he's not playing with players he's got a good understanding with, and he's trying to gauge what Lucas Moore is going to do or what Steven Bergwijn's going to do, it's hard to know for him what sort of movements to make. I don't think anyone knows what Lucas Moore is going to run into trouble for sure. Do you think it's point, uh, maybe gone under the radar slightly? Uh, obviously, everyone knew Chris Eriksson was going to leave, but it doesn't seem to have been made that big a deal that he, for the last five or so years, was our main creative spark in midfield. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A lot was made out of him leaving. Sure, but not much was made out of the fact that a lot's been said that oh they lost Sissoko, they've lost Kane, they've lost Son. We also lost Christian Eriksen. I know he's playing below par, but he was still a fairly use, useful cog before Christmas. He'd still make chances. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I think I'm not helping myself here, but <laughs> come back to Kane again. But people, our fans just love Kane so much that it almost detracts sometimes from how good other players are because Eriksen was at the top of his game one of the two or three best number 10s in the world Yeah, Son for the last two or three years has been one of the best wide forwards in the world I had a couple of Arsenal or Liverpool fans say to me earlier this season that they think Son could get into any team in the world because you you could play him as a central you could play him left you could play him right he'd still Mm. fit into 99% of the teams we've just lost everything around that kind of chance creation now like we're no wonder we're not scoring goals because we don't have a means of getting there but maybe moving back onto the manager a little bit here but we need to find a system there has to be a different way to do it because I'm looking at teams like I think Sheffield United and Wolves are maybe the best example they don't play particularly creative midfielders high up the pitch or creative players in general high up the pitch but they've got wing backs they've got guys who can maybe drive a bit more they they make things work. They mm. use they the find... pitch a lot better than Spurs. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. I think, I think that's the thing. Yeah, they use the pitch better. They just generally can do more with less mm. because they they've got two small squads. We've got a small squad now. Yeah, and I just think with the level we're playing at, we should be doing more. Well, is that, is that too much to ask? I'd, well, <laughs> you don't ask me. You ask Mister Mister Mourinho when you see him. Uh, okay, I'll I'll move on. Uh, from apparently that was the good. Guys. <laughs> it started off good. It and did. Went... <laughs> right, okay. So I've got the bad. Um, <laughs> it sort of feels like it's been covered. I, I don't I mean, like. Is there an extra little nugget somewhere? I'm sure there is. I mean, the bad. <laughs> the bad. Uh, Bergwijn's injury? Bergwijn's injury. <laughs> running, yeah, running players into injury. the Ben Davis injury. Arnold the most predictable. Key player, Ben Davis. Mm. One of the weirdest things that's happened this season was. Spurs fans sort of <laughs> claiming that when Ben Davis was fit, we'd be back to our brilliant best. Um, the bad. The, the Reese mistakes. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna say the the Lloris mistake against Burnley, be- because um, at his age now, he's he's won he's won the World Cup. He just he just every time he has a brilliant game, he does something like that, and it makes you go. Oh, I just if he didn't have those mistakes in his game, he'd be fantastic. He'd be mm-hmm. perfect. But that arguably, and this is why you know, it was an individual mistake. That's essentially lost lost Spurs points in the long run but I mean there were plenty of other mistakes that mm-hmm. came before that and plenty that came after in the Norwich game the bad yeah not not fin- finishing our chances not getting not giving uh, not giving Troy Parrott a fair Takes run, a run out, for, yeah. my, <laughs> for my for uh, my I'm going to keep banging this drum I don't care if people well, have sort of gone should. off it mm-hmm. um and Mourinho's attitude towards towards players and calling them out, like even oh, if he thought that Troy Parrott hadn't had a particularly good game, um, he's eighteen. He's eighteen. Yeah. But it was the way that he also made it as if he was trying to make a point to the fans. It was like, ha, see, he's not ready. He's mm. not good enough. You can all shut up. Like that was the kind of vibe that you felt when he was talking about it. Yeah. Well, like, okay, let's not let's not dwell on the bad <laughs> too much. Let's let's move on. I'm really angry, dude. <laughs> I mean, Sean, you you can pick again. I mean, there's only one left. There's only one left, and we have got the beautiful. I'd like to say it's Jude's return to the podcast in the yeah. office. The beautiful thing about Tottenham is Jude returning to our Tottenham podcast. <laughs> it's good to have you back, Judy. Yeah, I'd, I'd like you. to add one one other thing to the beautiful. Okay, Lo Celso. Yes. Oh yeah. I think we have to talk about how his influence on this team now, and and basic. Well, you only have to look at Burnley. I know you didn't mm. watch it, Sean. <laughs> you do. I, I, I've heard a lot about about how Lascelles was essentially the best player. Mm. Uh, Jude, what did what did you make of him coming on? On um, well, that's sort of the one area in attack where we're okay at the moment. We can get someone who Lascelles who drops deep and is able to turn and get things moving. Mm. Um, it's just that point afterwards, which is <laughs> you the know the whole bit. the whole creating chances and finishing chances, which is sort of the problem at the moment. Absolutely, but. Um, he loves getting stuck in. He's good at taking the ball up the pitch. Um, I don't know. He must be thinking, why on earth am I here? Worrying <laughs> <laughs> me so. Yeah, yeah. watching Sunday night as Betis beat Real Madrid. I'm sure he would have loved to be there instead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, good point, actually. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he was he was fabulous. And he has been for the last month or two. Mm. I, I tweeted about 10 minutes into the game. Can we stop pretending that the Celso <laughs> isn't our best player and get him on, please? <laughs> Because it was like yeah. it, it honestly looked like it, the, like I said the disjointed uh, midfield really made for a similar field to to Brighton because do you remember it was Ndombele that day with I think it was mm. Winks but neither yeah. of them seemed yeah. to know who was supposed to be playing what role who was yeah. dropping who was going so it was a massively disjointed um, yeah I, d- I genuinely think without Lacelso in the squad we don't stand a chance in games which is worrying when it comes down to one player. <laughs> But also, I saw a tweet that said, Asel says fitted quite nicely into the role of being the one player that we don't hate yet. <laughs> um, well, at least we've got a clear candidate for player of the year now. Thank God. Yeah. Eh? <laughs> it really was. At least it was almost surgery for a moment. But don't worry, Serge, you've done yourself. No, no help. He's really a player who hasn't scored a Premier League goal yet. I, do, I got asked. So, you know, Mourinho said that he, um, he, he could have, he'd have to ask the board which game they'd like to... Uh, yeah, prioritize <laughs> Burnley or Leipzig. Do you think he was prioritizing Leipzig? I really don't know. Can we tell? I know. 
<laughs> well, I guess it means Ndombele is not getting anywhere near the team for Leipzig. I think he was. I think that. he was prioritizing Leipzig just because the money you can get for, for getting through these rounds is massive, and it's one game. And he rested Winks, he rested Lacelso, and he rested worryingly again Aurier. <laughs> which, uh, but look, we've de- we, so you know. Let's move, let's let's talk about Leipzig. Um, huge game, absolutely massive game. Um, Sean, how how do you see it playing out tomorrow night? I think we've conceded. You know, actually, I thought about this. You know how we started Ajax in the semi-final, Imag- really badly, uh, really bad, really badly. <laughs> but imagine that. Imagine the yeah. second half. But imagine Leipzig are the ones scoring the three more goals. Okay, so we oh, start okay. we we start badly and we continue badly. We continue to be bad. <laughs> <laughs> I just have such little hope, especially now that Bergwijn's out, because he was the one player I had hoped that he can make something out of nothing. And are you going to sleep through this one as well, or are you going to watch this one? I'm, go- I'm going to the pub with my dad to watch it. Nice, good choice, Jude. Uh, what, what do you? How do you? Let's let's set up for Spurs. If you if you were Jose Mourinho, how would you set? set up your squad for this match much better than Josie would um, <laughs> yeah I'm not playing five centre-backs because they've got to go <laughs> it's an interesting over, approach yeah. <laughs> they've got to go and overturn a result mm-hmm. so setting up to not concede anymore probably is not the right approach um, I mean if it was me I'd throwing Troy Parrott in there yeah. just so there's someone who can hold the ball up at least let's start at, at the back then idea. who's your keeper uh, Larice. okay right Larice. back um, oh, wait Go on, talk me through your team. Talk me through it. Back to front. Um, Larice, because we've seen the pitfalls of Vorm. I mean, the other two. I mean, Vorm should have come in the bad. The man who's single-handedly... Michelle Vorm. Vorm, The man who's single-handedly trying to ruin Spurs' (laughs) trophy hopes. It became redundant when we were so desperate that we just re-signed him. Yeah. Yeah. But we didn't do it with Llorente. Anyway, moving on. We didn't do it with Llorente. If we've got to get goals, then I probably would put... Sergio Aurier in there yeah. on the off chance that he puts a decent cross into the middle it's one in 100 at the moment yeah. <laughs> it might be 100 tomorrow night we don't know you never know you never know um, and then it's probably Aldevarald uh, Sanchez and Vertonghen at left back oh god obviously oh Davis god. isn't fit oh so I don't know who uh, else they can put would there. you play Vertonghen or would you play Tanganga and just and just hope or, or is Ryan Sessegnon's back in full training, isn't he? Maybe Ryan Sessegnon's being rested for Leipzig. Who knows? Oh, please. please. I, I, think, I think you'd put... If he's fit, would you put Ryan Sessegnon in? Considering we've got to attack. Mm. I mean, I watched Ryan... The last time he started in the league was Norwich, I think. In January, maybe. Oh, in December. End of December. Um, no, at, at, at um, Tottenham place. Stadium. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. One, yeah. Oh, um, right, yeah. And he was pretty terrible in that game. He hasn't he hasn't back. quite found his feet yet this mm-hmm. season, has he? But um, yeah, Fulham fans will tell you he was hit and miss. He's a, he's a young guy. He's yeah. not a player of the weird skill set as well. Yeah, exactly. Actually. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so if he's fit, Ryan Sessegnon. At least that's pace out wide. Yeah, which would be nice. Well, well, we'll need it defensively as well. Like yeah. you know, Dor- Leipzig have made their Kunku and and Werner. We've got a lot of turkeys as well. Okay, so who 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 are you playing in midfield? Winks, Lacelso. Um, probably not a third, I'd imagine. Yeah, because Ndombele probably not ready for a probably game. Never like that. playing again. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, and I'm just trying to think who is there at Who's the moment. Available. Yeah. Ali at number ten. I've I've said it, so I'll stuck with it. Put Troy Parrott in as striker. Mm-hmm. And then it's probably Lamella and Lucas out wide, isn't it? Yeah. 
seeing as Billy finds out. That that's so basically I, as you get further up the pitch, <laughs> choices just fewer and fewer narrow. options. Um, which is why it's more ridiculous that Troy Parrott isn't even. Yeah. I mean, we can keep saying it, right? If Mourinho doesn't think he's ready, he's not going to play him. But it just feels like we are we have a striker and we have a central midfielder mm. or an attacking midfielder. I said it on the pod last week how at no point in Mourinho's career has he considered what is good or bad for the development of a young player. Why has he started caring now when the need is more evident than ever that we need this young player to at least come in and fill a role? Mm. Yeah. Like, is anyone going to massively not rate him if he just plays 10 games from now to the end of the season scores one, two yeah. goals? So, like, I, I'm not going to hold it against him. I think I think you, you, you only have to look at across town and sort of see... I'm not saying he's at the same level, but Billy Gilmore have two back-to-back fantastic games. After the fir- first time he came on, Chelsea fans weren't convinced for him mm. early in the season. There's a lot of hype around him. He comes on, he has two man-of-the-match performances. You just never know what you're going to get with youth. It's what Alex Ferguson said, you just don't know what you're going to get with youth. And and that sort of wild card in a game like this could work in your favour, um, but it's not really ever been Jose's forte, has yeah. it? It's funny that he says we've got players being run into the ground like Lucas who's just played almost every game over yeah. the last few months and then there's Troy Parrott who he could just throw in for 30 minutes here and there but nah <laughs> <laughs> nah you're alright nah, right. I, I think I don't want to say actually because I feel like I feel like we do criticise Lucas a lot and you know what a lot of it is deserved because I don't enjoy watching this man with my eyes every week <laughs> but it, I do think it is partly at least partly because he has had to play every minute. Yeah, that, may not, that may not be up to him. And Mourinho said he subbed him against Norwich because he just said he just told him I'm, I'm going to die out here. Yeah. yeah, so I think that is saving grace with Lucas. No, absolutely. Look, we we have to be realistic about what what the players can physically do, especially in that front front three. Mm-hmm. And um, and we'll just be crossing everything for tomorrow night, right? I mean, what what are the chances of us going through? Pretty pretty slim. Pretty slim. Yeah. But you got to be positive, and as so, we were doing something earlier today, and all, everyone, all the other, uh, I had a Man United fan, a, a Chelsea fan, and a Liverpool fan, all say these are the nights that Jose Mourinho has built his career around. He's up against the wall, back against the wall. Everyone thinks they're going to go out. Anything could happen. Yeah, we're going to give Scott a wedge now. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, remember to subscribe, and if you if you've got time. A nice five-star rating would just be delicious. Um, yeah, we'll catch you next week after we've uh, gone through in the Champions League, obviously, right, lads? Mm-hmm. And yeah. who have we got at the weekend? Man United. Yeah. Man United. So that'll be another three oh, points boy. in the bag and Champions League spots incoming. Thanks for listening. See you later. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.